This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. Welcome to In Focus. My name is Lonnie Johnson, and for the next few weeks, I'm going to try to fill the massive cavern left by John Sims' untimely passing. This program meant so much to John as it did to our community, a community John cared greatly about. So, in the spirit of Mr. Sims, let's get right to it. Copies of the show are available at our website. That address is ktbb.com slash infocus. Today, we're here to talk with Melanie Thomas of Champions for Children. Melanie received her master's degree in school counseling at the University of Texas at Tyler and completed her LPC training at Stephen F. Austin State University. She has 29 years of experience working in education, with the past seven years as a school counselor at Jack Elementary. She also has experience working with middle school teenage girls while being a licensed professional counselor intern for Hope Haven in Lindale. She has experience working with trauma, anxiety, depression, ADHD, and behavioral disorders. Melanie is thrilled to be a part of Champions for Children teams and is passionate about working with children and parents in our community. Uh, Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lonnie. It's good to be here. Um, I thought I would start out uh, this series of In Focus. I know John picked topics that were dear to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought I'd start out the same way. Could you tell us what Champions for Children is about and how they serve the community? Absolutely. Um, Our mission at Champions for Children is to empower children to achieve their full potential by providing education, mentoring, and uh, tools, support, caregivers, teachers, and families. So, you know, it's a really cool organization that helps us to do what needs to be done in order for people to be more successful. And that's what we want, a successful community. And of course, Champions for Children is a nonprofit. Um, so if people want to find out a little bit more about Champions for Children and, and possibly make a donation, they're welcome to, uh, as always, at championsforchildren.org. You can go there and just uh, get an overview of what Champions for Children means and what they do in the community. Uh, I'd like to start out, I, I want to ask you a question that, that recently happened here in town. We had a scare at the college at TJC last week. Uh, where they had an active shooter scare. It's becoming more and more common. We've almost had one a day, if not more than that, this year. Uh, my son happened to be at TJC looking at summer classes and ended up barricading himself and some other students in a bathroom with a, with a bench up against the door. And he's a older kid, so I don't necessarily have to sit down and talk to him about all this stuff. But as we face more situations like this, what how do parents of the children involved in that what what do they look for for the kids in the kids to see if they're okay or not well you're right lonnie it is it's it's a scary time you know kids are exposed to these things on the news and all the social media that's out there and we know that kids are very connected to those things and schools are trying i think really hard to prepare kids for these type of situations um, you know, by having drills and things of this nature. However, just, uh, you know, I saw on the news that there was an incident where there were kids that actually were traumatized just from the drill itself. 
because they really went into the realities of what it would be gunfire all of it and my thoughts on that is we don't want to traumatize the kids hopefully this won't ever be an issue for them however it is important that we have these conversations and have a plan in place in the school system that if something does happen then we can be prepared so yes it's important for kids to understand that if there's a code that goes off in the building, that we lock the doors, that we barricade the doors, that we hide in a corner. Um, but, you know, as far as actually pretending that people are shot and and all of that, I, I just think that's a little much. Parents can comfort their kids by, you know, letting them know that the school is trying to do the best they can to have safety measures in place and you know even though we hear about it frequently on the news the good news is is it's still a very slim chance that it's going to happen at your child's school but with that being said it can happen so we need to be prepared if it does happen i'm curious about the long-term effects like say a, a middle schooler or an elementary school or more or maybe even a high schooler because we forget how young mm-hmm. high school kids are they're children mm-hmm. um so are, are there long-term effects with that do do children today what's the difference melanie between the the problems children faced 20 years ago or now 30 years ago mm-hmm. versus today what, what's the big difference the big difference lonnie is stress and anxiety we live in a time where there's a lot of things happening that weren't issues back then you didn't hear of schools being shot up back in the day and then not only that but look at the adverse childhood experiences that kids are experiencing these days you know um with the like I said earlier, with the media, they're exposed to shootings. They're exposed to all kinds of violence, not just within the school system, but, um, you know, COVID, for example. I mean, that was totally out of our control. Who would have ever thought in our generation that we would have experienced something that possibly our grandparents or great-grandparents experienced that would actually shut everything down? I would say since COVID the stress and anxiety is off the charts. So COVID made a huge difference in the children's stress. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, talking about kids today, Lonnie, that makes me uh, want to be sure and let parents know that, you know, we push our kids to be successful. We expect the most of them. And of course, that's what parents do. And that's what we want the best for them. But we need to be careful because these kids are, sometimes putting the bar so high um, on themselves that as they get older they're not able to meet some of those challenges as easily and they have not had opportunities to fail you know we we've kind of gone through that hole where everybody wins everybody gets an award is that a bad thing you know I'm all about positive self-esteem. Absolutely. We need to build kids up. We need to have them believe that they can do and find the strength in them, yes. But we also need to let them fail. And if they're not working up to par, they're not doing their best, then 
they don't need an award for that. Um, I think what we need to do is praise the effort, not the outcome. I really do think if we back away, instead of saying, wow, look at you, you made the top reading score of your class, say, wow, you must have really took that assignment seriously or that test seriously. You must have studied and prepared. Look look at how, yeah, wow, you know, they really paid off. Good for you. Um, So reward the effort, not the accomplishment? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because, again, as children get older, the challenges become more and more difficult. And then that's where we end up with so many kids struggling with anxiety because they can't meet that expectation and they feel like a failure. Not to mention social media. There's so much fake news. (laughs) You know, People are able to go in, look totally different, filter themselves. It's bringing about such low self-esteem. It's not reality. Do you find that female children are more affected by social media than male children, and and they feel maybe more judged? You know, that is what we thought for a long time, actually. You know, we thought uh, girls didn't think they were— Body image. Yes, body image. Didn't think they were skinny enough, which I do— counsel girls with eating disorders and that is is a part of that or they are not pretty enough but you'd be surprised at how many boys actually struggle with that as well because again you know do they have muscles how are they built you know are they fit you know do they have good hair a lot of things you know we laugh about now as parents how many how much time someone can spend in front of the mirror with their gel and their mousse and getting their hair just right and it'd be a boy you know um i definitely think that we can't we can't exclude boys from that being an issue for sure and does that affect so this really makes me curious so i'm thinking here of like say a a high school student who uh might be a little insecure Mm -hmm. might not be the the jock or the the very popular kid the wealthy kid whatever he fits into he's not that so then he tries to what compensate in other areas mm-hmm. is that right well they either try to compensate or actually just try to feel numb that's why we have i think so much drug abuse right now we have so many kids that more than in the past well you know are different drugs this is the thing there there seems to be really easy access i don't know how these kids are getting the drugs that they're they're getting but i know that i personally talk to kids that are around it and at a younger age it seems like i mean i don't remember in middle school there being an issue with marijuana you know um that was i always thought that's what older kids did um vaping is a real issue now which you know i know a lot of us are really irritated about that because when it came out these kids thought oh it's not bad for us it's not like smoking cigarettes it's not smoke no it's worse yeah it's worse exactly but you know and then shame on the people that invented this and made it in all these fruity flavors right i mean well Melanie, I in know. defense, there were candy cigarettes <laughs> when you were a kid. Yes, but candy cigarettes did not cause popcorn lung. That that's fair. I'll, <laughs> I'll accept that. that. Wow, what? So, so you know, I, the, the original question here was, what's asked of children today, or what do they face compared to what it was, you know, back in the day? And it it's a uh, quite cumbersome. They have yeah. a 
they seems like they have more to navigate. Their lives are more complicated. And I, I wonder how that affects the the young adult time when you transition from high school to college or college to work. It seems like a, a, a lot of kids have trouble with that mm-hmm. and uh, their, their value to the workplace or their mm-hmm. work ethic. Is, is, is the work, it seems the work ethic is different. I happen to be very hopeful for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem like they're, they, they're the first generation that thinks differently. Mm-hmm. Do, do you find a lot are just completely digitized? That They come in and they're just attached to their digital device? Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, think about it. When you go to a restaurant and you look across the restaurant, how many families even, like parents included, are on their phone? The kids all have their own iPad or their device. Um, it's just unbelievable. You know, that's something, too, that I would encourage families is to make time, you know, have a sit-down dinner at the table, not in front of the TV or everybody doing their own thing, and talk about your day. And, you know, I think there may be a trend of this. I think I read somewhere where there's family time where, for for instance, at dinner, all the phones go in one basket. Right. Yes. I mean, I really think that we need to make an effort for this to really take place because we've just so we're accustomed to just everybody so busy and doing their own thing. And really, we need to be involved. And, you know. Uh, also, parents are like, you know, they'll say, so how was your day? And a kid, especially a teenager, is going to go, oh, okay. You know, they don't really want to go into all the details and all of that stuff. So maybe just say, so, hey, what was the best thing? What was the worst thing? Maybe everybody explains that at the table. But, you know, have some kind of um, communication going and let your child know, hey, I know there's a lot of stress and struggle out there. I know that and I get that. And if you need help, I want to help you. And that's where Champions for Children comes in. And, you know, there's other organizations as well. But, you know, I really do believe that if you can intervene, early intervention is key. It really is. And we don't just help children. There's parents out there that just don't know what to do. That's what I was going to ask also. I mean, so, so clearly uh, parents that grew up in the 80s or 90s now they're going to be yeah. parents or kids that grew up in the 80s and mm-hmm. 90s and i always tell people that it's interesting to me that uh for, for instance gen x um our life wasn't drastically different than our grandparents we mm-hmm. had a couple more channels on the tv uh we were off party lines uh but we remember them um, as opposed to the children now really have no idea what that mm-hmm. uh, when i say america i'm not talking about it in political terms i'm just talking about that going to the extended family for the holidays everybody there there are no digital distractions there are there is not terrible news on all the time the news is you know contained to three stations and it's uh just not talked about and i think that applies so much more pressure and and i wonder if the parents themselves are so soaked up into the digital atmosphere that they're not spending the time they need to with their kids to develop those parental child relationships right you're you're absolutely right Lonnie and not only of course I am of course you are um but not only that think about when we were raised our parents told us to do something and if you asked why they would say because I told you to kids don't 
operate that way these days and and in some ways that's good because they're taught at early age especially in the school systems to have a voice to stand up for yourself the differences between what's fair and what's unjust Um, and so but our generation doesn't get that because that's not the way we were taught and so um when you tell a kid because i said so or you use you know you just flip your lid and go off the deep end that causes a child to be very defensive right they're not going to want to cooperate with you they're going to be on the defensive and so i i would say for any parent that's listening or even teachers anybody that works with children or anybody honestly this can even be adult to adult we need to empathize. We need to validate the person's feelings, even if you don't agree with them, okay? I see you're angry, you don't wanna take a shower. You are frustrated because what? You you don't wanna do your homework or whatever it is. But then share your concern and say, well, you know, dude, I don't always like to have to stop and take a shower either. I'd rather watch Netflix, but I need to take a shower if I don't, you know, you don't want to be the stinky kid at school tomorrow. So let's, what do you suggest? And then give them some choice. I really think when kids feel like they're a part of the plan, the solution, the problem solving, they're more prone to do it. And you'd be surprised at some of the solutions they come up with. And of course, if it's not in track with what you think, then you give them some suggestions. If they have a fit, you repeat the cycle, empathize, validate, and keep trying. Uh, now for a little more sensitive subject, I want to transition, okay. for lack of a better word, um, and I want to ask you about transition mm-hmm. and children who, first off, uh, how do I correctly address the subject matter? How do I ask about it? Is it uh, is it kids considering transition? Is it is it uh, you know kids that want to be another gender? How mm. how frequent is that? And and how can we? just show the child support mm. in that situation so that whatever that child wants needs and desires uh, come to fruition that is a good question Lonnie I mean I do have children that I talk to uh, mostly teenagers that are confused you know about their gender identity and I think there's so much out there that's creating the confusion, you know. Uh, For instance, well, you know, there's they can, there's so many chat rooms and things posted on YouTube that I think causes kids to question. I've got kids coming to me that don't identify as anything. They're they're just not sure, and so I think. So if you don't identify as anything, I'm not being tried psychologically do you identify as nothing which is seems terribly dangerous and and horrible right i think what's important is you meet the individual where they are you help them understand who they are as a human being take the gender identity out of it but who are you as a human what are your goals what do you want um a lot of kids just want to love who they want to love and you know who am i to say that you can't love someone because of their gender you know um 
it's it's hard for parents too sometimes because not all parents are supportive of that and they need some help too to just try to at least listen and understand sometimes parents and kids will have to agree to disagree and time will tell but um you know i think the best thing to do is show care at, at what time clearly as any counselor uh in 2023 you're seeing more of this than ever mm-hmm. um at, at what age does this begin and, and and i'm wondering you know we're talking about the digital influence uh that they have i i think i, I think i got uh we got our son uh, a phone i don't know right around junior high going mm-hmm. into junior high mm-hmm. going into sixth grade mm-hmm. so until then he wasn't exposed to the world so to speak right didn't put a lot of locks on his phone Mm -hmm. but i'm curious if if some of these impressions uh and some of these thoughts they get that wouldn't normally be there right if it weren't for social media is that the case i think that is a huge part of it um but you know no matter how much we try to protect our kids other kids are going to share Mm -hmm. and so you know that is one of the things that um i've really come to understand is that i've got these parents that are like you know i didn't let them watch this i didn't get them a phone for this reason and but you know what our society is our society (laughs) i mean unless you keep them locked up in the house with absolutely no form of communication with the outside world they're going to come into contact with things that you do and do not want them exposed to my mind goes directly to homeschooling in this situation Mm. can we talk about that for a minute okay sure advantages and disadvantages in your opinion to homeschooling all right lonnie thank you for putting me on the spot i have clients that are homeschooled i have clients that are not homeschooled and to be honest i think there, like you said there are pros and cons um if a child doesn't do well in the school setting maybe they're constantly being bullied especially those that maybe have a learning disability or maybe they're socially awkward struggle with interacting with others then homeschool or online school might be good for them but if my my idea for my own child and i did work in the public school system is that i wanted my kid exposed to all people because in the you world socialized yeah absolutely right. because and I'll, I'll even tell you know parents that are at home moms i encourage them you know hey it's okay don't feel guilty about taking your kid to a mommy's day out program or have them you know go to daycare twice a week it's great to interact with other kids i know for a fact most of the time you can tell when a kid goes to kindergarten if they've had any experience outside of their home if they were in a daycare or preschool makes all the difference a child that is attached to mama at the hip all day every day although they feel very loved has a very hard time sometimes making that transition because of there's that separation anxiety that's interesting because we've moved to this early education model mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. where we send the children to a, a preschool before school and it's almost automatic i mean uh, don't the public schools now have a preschool preschool program i have a head start absolutely because there are families out there that can't afford preschool and so you know we are fortunate i'm i believe they there's like 200 spots in tisd 
for Head Start program. And of course, if you're interested in that, I would definitely check out the website and the school district to get more information. But um, is it tisd.org? It should be yes, tisd.org. Okay. That, that web address mm-hmm. for you, if you're curious, is tisd.org. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, in the in the time we have left, let uh, uh, we've talked about children, which has obviously been your main focus throughout mm-hmm. your career, um, but specifically about champions. Uh, champions is put here to not only help children uh, but also adults involved with children is that right absolutely and I'm so glad you mentioned that Lonnie because we have so many programs that people don't understand or know about you know when we first opened in 1996 it was really geared to help uh, daycare workers and teachers to be better at what they were doing and to have a you know resources and things but we're so much more than that now i mean yes we do that for sure and it's great um training but we also do offer brain gym for kids that um pardon me brain gym brain gym is really awesome it is sounds like i could benefit right from that, maybe. yeah we all a could calisthenics, a few absolutely mental calisthenics. yes you you learned that they feature like 26 uh, different movements exercises and activities to help children self-regulate and for that self-control so if you have a kid that maybe struggles with adhd or uh, as it has behavior problems then that's something you might want to check into and not only that but a lot of people don't realize that we have child specialists that will actually go in to daycare centers if you're having trouble with your kid observe them for free and then have a meeting with you the director and the teacher to have a success plan now how cool is that i, I don't know melanie are, are are we over analyzing them at this point i mean whatever happened to like you know where we kind of you find your place it, we were yeah. talking about competition right but but you're saying that these children go through all this analysis <laughs> at an early time to put them somewhere is that self-defeating well i don't think so if they're doing the normal typical behaviors which we've got to keep in mind there are developmental stages that are going to happen kids are going to be egocentric kids are going to have to learn to share we're not talking about the normal little things we're talking about the kid that throws tantrums throws a chair hits the teacher things that are excessive okay so if if you have a child that's would the word be troubled? If you, well, or, or I would maybe say. just going through some things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And as a parent, absolutely. Uh, Champions for Children is a huge resource right. for and, both those and how to handle that situation. And and that's a thing that we offer trainings for parents as well. One of the things that I'm really excited about is we have someone that is doing an autism discovery class. So if you have a child that you are concerned maybe uh, showing symptoms of autism, you can actually be a part of this class and learn kind of how to navigate that you know have a guide on the side so you know where you can go for help what can you do who you know how do i get my kid tested so that's an exciting program and then parents don't realize you can check out toys books you can come in you've got a kid's project you need die cutter lamination we have that which is really cool and um of course counseling my love right counseling and We started off really focusing on children, but if you think about it, our mission statement includes empowering caregivers to be the best they can be so their children can be the best they can be. If the caregiver's not okay, the kids aren't okay. And so we're really 
we've kind of shifted some things where we're not just focused on the kids and spending 10 minutes before or after with the parent, but actually saying, hey, maybe you need to come in, mom. Maybe you need to come in, dad. And it's not just for moms. I see dads too. And sometimes they just don't know what to do. Maybe their own depression, their own mental health is keeping them from doing what needs to be done. And so that's exciting. And we just recently started perinatal postpartum depression counseling. Talk to me about that. All right, so if you are pregnant or you've had a baby and you're one to three years in after you've had that baby, uh, you know, baby blues are typical. Two weeks, you know, adjustment, a little, you know, moody, whatever. But when it keeps you from really enjoying life, when you're feeling stressed out, tired, overwhelmed, not able to function and be the best mom. I mean, some moms don't even bond with their children right away and they feel guilty and ashamed about that. I want moms to know that that's normal and that can happen and we're here to help. That's great. Uh, Melanie, I I can't thank you enough. Uh, uh, Champions for Children is an amazing organization. Again, uh, the web address for uh, Champions for Children is championsforchildren.org. Uh, they're located here in Tyler. It actually started in Tyler. Did, did you have one last thing, Mo? Well, I could not resist by saying that East Texas Giving Day is April 25th, and there are so many wonderful organizations in our community to choose to give to. And, um, you know, if this spoke to you today, I just, you know, any little bit helps. I really do believe that your change can make a change and I encourage you to do that. We actually have a donor that for every $7,500 that is donated, they will match it. Melanie, thank you so much you. Uh, for being a guest today on In Focus. Uh, my name is Lonnie Johnson again. I'm setting in place of John Sims. Th- this program meant so much to him that I, I, I hope this will make John proud. Thank you so much for listening to John all these years, and we hope to keep In Focus on the air and uh, help the community. In Focus is a weekly public affairs program featuring members of the local community working to make East Texas a better place. In Focus is produced by KTBB and the Team Sports Radio, and we thank you for listening. Join us again next week. Thank you.